1: More locked from Thursday to Monday. No one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod, Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi.
0: Mason Rudolph saved the Steelers' season, and they were in a swoon that had uh, Mike Tomlin and his approval rating at its all-time lowest. Mitch Trubisky, both that signing, doubling down on bringing him back as the backup quarterback having them lose games to the Patriots and Colts, had many people questioning the entire Steelers philosophy on uh, team roster building and everything else. And the dude that had been here since 2018, uh, maligned by Ben Roethlisberger from the day he was drafted, ended up being the guy that got them to the playoffs. It is a surreal story. I mean, it's, it's literally like somebody the NFL scriptwriters wanted to come up with a Steelers season that made me look as dumb as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Tomlin gets his winning record, Pickett's a nothing. Pickett gets benched, and the quarterback that I have openly mocked (laughs) and given him a moniker that I'm surprised it's not listed on pro football reference as his nickname, Mediocre Mason, lifted them to the playoffs and set a Steelers completion percentage record in the rain against the Ravens uh, on Saturday. Yeah, just wild, man. And, you know, the one thing that I ended up being pretty clairvoyant about is once he went in, I had a good feeling about it, to be honest with you. Because I did think that he possessed some traits, like his ability to push the ball downfield, that was going to open things up for them in the run game. And when teams cheated against the run, he was going to be able to make them pay for that. He's got three touchdown passes this year. Over sixty yards, Danny. Two is the only quarterback in the NFL with more. And the guy played three I'm not games.
1: Particularly interested in watching him in the postseason with no TJ Watt on your defense. Like it's, I'm not terribly thrilled that you guys made the playoffs. It's Like this version of Pittsburgh made the playoffs. But my outsider perspective is not very interested in you guys against Buffalo or Kansas City. Oh, you'd
0: rather watch what 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 was left of the Jaguars at the end of the season than the Steelers. You'd rather watch Trevor Lawrence throw interceptions and uh, them really outside of Evan Ingram get very little production from their wide receivers and their defense get gashed over and over again by Derrick Henry, where he's had a season-high yards after he looked like he was ready for the glue factory earlier this year. You'd rather watch that team that lost five or uh, six down the stretch?
1: uh, Yes, I would, but... I'm a sucker for quarterbacks whose names I know. But also, I would just say this like, it's not, it's it's just more of an anti-like Pittsburgh being boring and it's not about the future thing. Trevor Lawrence, man, that's that's a problem. Like they will pick up the fifth-year option and commit to him and treat him like a franchise quarterback and talk about paying him. I'm not sure if they'll actually do the contract extension or not. I would guess not. But they will say and do all of the right things for him this offseason. And he looks the part. He can make any throw on the field. He's got the arm. He's got the size. All of that stuff. But we have been on this now for two years. And I was on it hard before the season. People tried to make them into something that they weren't before they had accomplished anything. Anything. Like, yeah, they took a step forward. When they lost Urban Meyer and they infused competent coaching. No question. But that is an awful loss. And you stack it with the awful collapse in the postseason and the incredible amount of turnovers that this guy continues to have. It's... I don't know, man. I They'll pay him, but... I'd be very concerned that this guy just doesn't hang on to the ball. His second interception—maybe it was injury, maybe it's the thumb, maybe it's the shoulder—that's making him airmail all those throws. But he's got some Jimmy Garoppolo to him, where he looks like a franchise quarterback. Oh my God,
0: dude! I'm just saying. Um, I'm I'm fl- I'm flabbergasted by most of this take. I agree with the press dude. that that Lawrence's numbers, when you look at them. Do not reflect his opinion. The, the opinion of him, where he is not produced like he gets talked about, which is he's already been put into the club of elite quarterbacks. You know, five or you know, between maybe five to eight guys in the NFL that you'd want to build your team around. He already gets put in that class without having a monster statistical. Jordan Love had a better year in twenty twenty three than anything Trevor Lawrence has done from a numbers based thing, but they, they, for, for, I think you said colla- they didn't collapse in the playoffs. They they took advantage of a team that collapsed. You know, That's I'm right. Not,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Fli- not, Fli- uh, I I'm mixed not, up
0: Her- Herbert and Lawrence. Yeah. My yes, bad. My bad. Which I yes. get because they're both, you know, aesthetic quarterbacks. Yes yes yes, uh, yes. 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 I, I think Lawrence has two pretty good excuses for his, for, for two out of the three years where he didn't get it done in and, and win a playoff game. The Urban Meyer thing, like you mentioned, and then this year, just all of the injuries that added up. Um, I, I'm still more a believer in him than not, but I will confess that you're right about his penchant for some of these turnovers. It is a little Josh Allen-esque with him, where there's some recklessness to his game and carelessness That seeps in and unlike Allen you don't have like the big gaudy statistical games and monster games to make up for it so I still think they're in pretty good shape but the bigger story to me for the Jags is that you have Stroud in your division now and last year at this time we were talking about how you know there was uncertainty at the quarterback position on those other three teams and Houston had won in week 18 to keep themselves from getting Bryce Young. Well, they they lucked into the best quarterback by far from that draft class. And we don't know what Anthony Richardson is yet, but we know he's got a damn good coach who's going to get the best out of him. So their road, both to win their division and compete in the AFC, I think got harder this
1: year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So we're going to, we obviously do every team, every game, every week, but we'll call this covering the... Pittsburgh game, the Jags-Titans game, the Colts-Texans game, and browns Bengals because nothing really was meaningful from browns Bengals today. I saw one meaningful thing from that game. I don't know if you saw it. Did I was you... just going to say, the reason I included that in the opener was because Texans play the Browns. Well, let me tell you, I'll give you something right now that was worth
0: it from that game. Go ahead. The, the Browning family box.
1: Did you see Mrs. Browning? She I think Girlfriend Browning. Yeah, Girlfriend Browning came to play. Oh, my. <laughs> it, 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 was, it, was a, it was a playoff game. I spilled my drink. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it was a playoff game for the Brownings. I, I liked the game. tweet,
0: but then I remembered that people could see your like, so then I had to unlike it and bookmark it instead.
1: <laughs>
0: it's a true story. That was <laughs> by, That was by far – you know, Burrow's a pretty swaggy guy. I think Browning is too. I think it's rubbed off on him
1: a little bit. Um, yes. All right. I I'm the, in agree with you. That the that Colts was, that
0: thing, and I know it's we're a little bit late on this because it's a Saturday game, and I don't want to rehash things that people have already seen on TV all day Sunday, but I like Steichen a lot. I don't for the life of me understand what happened at the end there with a the timeout first before the fourth down play and then you've got probably your third or fourth best running back in the game and not Jonathan Taylor on fourth and one. And I know that Taylor had left the game, but he had come back in. He was out there earlier on that drive. He was their best offensive player in that game, and he was the last two games of the season, and they paid him to to return this year from his holdout and be their best player. Why he's not on the field there is just a total brain fart, and the play still should have worked. I mean, it still ended up being a good play call. The throw needs to be better, and obviously the running back got his hands on the ball and should still make the play. But I, one of my best friends and someone who's a loyal listener to this podcast, Colts fan Greg, uh, is just you know beside himself because of what happened there. And by the way, Colts friend, fan Greg, I think I told you this, he got married on the day Andrew Luck retired. That's an all-time story. Yeah. And it ruined his wedding day. And he doesn't say that it did, but I know how fanatical he is. It did. And every time the anniversary date comes up, I think he spends more time lamenting Lux retirement than he does his nuptials and his uh, great marriage. But yeah, I mean, do you agree with me on that? Like Steichen, I'm going to say it. That's actually a play that when I'm splitting hairs on coach of the year, I would hold that against him in the overall Analysis. Yeah, of course, man. Well, I,
1: I said on the last pod, I said that if he if he won the game and they made the playoffs, that I'd make the case for him. But that's how fickle these sort of things are. There there can only be one coach of the year. You know, this isn't a this isn't an all star team. This isn't a Pro Bowl. So Stefanski and D'Amico, Ryan's and Dan Campbell uh, are probably going to finish ahead of him in the voting, even though it was an incredibly impressive season but a disappointing ending for sure. All right, ask me my, about my game. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I didn't have... It no, it's okay. We're just, we're just, you know, it's about but that I, time. But I do now.
0: What, if anything, did today mean for the Bears' future? The Packers beat Green Bay again at Lambeau. They clinch a playoff spot. They sweep the Bears. They sandwich first game of the year, last game of the year, and they move on and it ends your Bear season, and it sets up, I would say, outside of what happens in the next few days with Belichick and where he goes, as far as on the field, clearly the best story in the NFL this offseason
1: will be what happens with the Bears at quarterback. So I would like to think that now that Ryan Poles is in charge and Kevin Warren is in charge – That one data point against the Packers will not carry outsized importance and value and weight internally. Ryan Poles said that he's deleted Twitter until after the draft. He's not going to be taking (laughs) feedback from fans, that they are going to hunker down and be diligent and deliberate in how they go through this. But in the past, that's been a question because the McCaskey family, they're fans by their own admission, and they, by their own admission, hate losing to Green Bay as often as they have. So like, there's always, like, this undertone of pressure from ownership and overreactions uh, from Packers games. But for the fans, man, this shifted opinions. Like, I can I can prove it to you with, de- with data. New Year's Eve, do you want Matt Eberflus coaching the Bears next year? I posted that poll question. 5,800 and some odd votes. Mm-hmm. It, it was 61% no. yes. Eight days ago. Right when the game ended. Second o'clock hit zeros today. I got 3,200 votes in 50 minutes on the same question. Do you want Matt Eberflus to be the Bears head coach next year and of the future? 90% no. So one game, one week, 30% moving against Matt Eberfuse. And you can say that's recency bias or whatever the case may be. I understand that. But they got out coached, they got outplayed. They got beat thoroughly on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And Jordan Love looked light years ahead of Justin Fields. Now, I did not like how little they actually threw the ball with Fields. Bryce Young threw the ball a bunch two weeks ago against Green Bay. They scored 30. Justin Fields threw it 16 times today. They scored nine. So I know that Fields struggles against the zone and his run game was limited. I understand that. But they were thoroughly outclassed and thoroughly outplayed. And I have been advocating for cleaning house at coach, coordinator, and quarterback and taking your shot at greatness and seeing what type of coaching candidates could be attracted to a really good roster with really good draft capital and really good cap space and Caleb Williams attached to it and i am cautiously optimistic that this result was bad enough where i'm going to get my wish but i will be floored floored if justin fields is the quarterback of the bears next year at this point i don't know how you could commit to him when you just saw him get thoroughly outplayed by jordan love
0: yeah i would have that. it's 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 funny because you're in the cauldron you're in the you're in the uh eye of the storm there in chicago and so you live this every day of your life and so I really kind of live it vicariously through you whenever we do this together. Yeah. And so once the Steelers game wrapped up and I got done celebrating, uh, that's the game we didn't get. It, we didn't get it in Pittsburgh, by the way. So I had to pull it up on my third TV on on the ticket. Um, and they never switched off of Eagles Giants either, which was just ridiculous. But that's that's beside the point. Um, look, I I, I came away from the game thinking the same way you you just you put it if i were a bears fan i would want to get rid of the coach too he's a defensive coach uh the packers didn't punt uh love threw for over 300 yards and had two touchdowns uh, i'm not going to keep a defensive coach around who look i think one of the things that people are saying about fields is that The Bears never really figured out a way to get the most out of him. He had 27 rushing yards today. Uh, He should be the type of offensive weapon as a runner where teams shouldn't be able to take that away as easily. And I think for most of the season, the Bears took away that weapon with fields on their own. They didn't, it wasn't about defensive uh, schematics. It was about their own maybe reservations about how much they ran him. I didn't, I never understood that. Uh, You know, I think in order for him to be a great quarterback, he needs to be proficient at both. You need to allow for him to be a runner because I I don't think it's a Lamar Jackson thing where he's just going to succeed as more of a pocket passer. I think you've got to keep that running thing going. So they never struck the right balance there this year, Danny. And I would, I'm with you. You've said this a lot. I just, with Caleb Williams, I'd want a fresh start. And I want during this off season to be able to sell the best coaching prospects on the idea of coming here and teaming up with a generational quarterback talent. I mean, th- like you're, you're doing your organization a disservice. If that's not the way you attack this off season. come work for us and get on the, you know, bottom floor of the Caleb Williams experience and be the guy that is with him for the next 10 to 15 years. Right. I mean, that's,
1: a uh, 100% dude they gave Mitch Trubisky John Fox and then fired him after year one they gave Justin Fields Matt Nagy and then fired him after year one if you bring back Matt Eberflus because the defense improved against bad offenses and backup quarterbacks stupid uh, and a Montez sweat trade and then draft Caleb Williams and then fire him after year one it's insane it's just it's just not learning from history so i'd like to believe that the new leadership is smarter than that